Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63. It is season three. Oh, season four, episode 33. Too many threes, too many fours. I know, we're getting up there in numbers. Um, this week is uh, continuing the off-season episodes. We have another addition to the team, so we're going to be talking about that. One of our uh, recent graduates is moving on, and I think you could probably say moving up, um, and uh, got a new job, so we're going to be talking about that. Uh, and then just some other ramblings before we uh, get to the meat of the episode, which is more season grades and reviews. So we're going to have four more of those. So yeah, I think we're we're getting we're getting close to the end of the off season episodes, but we still have a few more to go. So Lou, how are you enjoying your off season? Well, to be honest with you, it was a weird weekend not seeing uh, a player commit uh, to Loyola. Uh, no, I think I just got I just got excited and used to uh, a player committing almost every weekend for the last two weekends. But uh, I'm excited that we have a full roster, um, especially with a new addition to uh, to non scholarships. But um, just overall seeing things, seeing guys move on is pretty cool. So it, it's all cool. Would I love to go to a game tomorrow? Absolutely. Um, but it's one of those ebbs and flows, uh, and one of the points we'll talk about is uh, something that's keeping me going and kind of cheering for even future Ramblers, uh, hopefully. So excited to keep on talking about the Ramblers. Yep, sounds good. We'll uh, get into it here in a second, so stick with us. And always remember, never forget, go Blurs. He and we are back. Um, so Lou just reminded me of something pretty cool. Uh, this last week we hit 10,000 uh, listens on our podcast over the four seasons. So uh, thank you all for listening. Um, you know, it's a cool number. It's a great milestone. Uh, we try not to look at the numbers too much because we just have fun doing it. And, um, you know, you tell people about how many other people listen to the podcast and everyone has an opinion about it. It, it always ranges from like, wow, that's a lot to, oh, I thought you'd have more than that. <laughs> so we try our best to kind of just do it and not look at it. But 10,000 listens is a uh, super cool thing and a big milestone. So thank you all for listening. We're not we're not going anywhere soon. It'll still be here uh, talking blurs no matter what. So, so yeah, thank you all for that. Um, getting into the, the episode here. Let's talk the first thing. Let's talk about our, our roster edition. I feel like that's probably the the best place to start. Uh, we have our new walk on, uh, preferred walk on, I guess I should say. His name is Caleb Reese. Uh, he is from Michigan, and I'm just scrolling down to find the. He went to De La Salle, which uh, is I think just kind of it's near Detroit. Um, and interestingly enough, he he did win a state championship this year. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he's the same division as Trayvon Lewis is, his Ferndale team. But I know for sure that De La Salle beat Ferndale during the season. Um, so uh, he was their starting point guard um, at, at De La Salle. Um, there's been some like pretty, uh, uh, pretty, pretty like positive, I think, talk about him. You know, it's always... With your walk-ons, you always are hoping for like high-character individuals. Maybe someone that excels at like something, right? Like we know uh, Will Smythe is a is a deadly shooter, um, and uh, maybe here with Caleb Reese, he's just a leader, right? It sounds like he was um, the leader of his team. Uh, there was a nice tweet from uh, Keith Yanchik, which I don't know. He must be a Michigan. He's from Michigan, so probably a high school basketball watcher. Just described him as the point guard engine that drove the Michigan Division One state champions. Um, so you know, I, he's a he's a, a shorter guard. I think he is five eleven. And uh, my boyfriend actually made a really funny point that now Braden Norris isn't the shortest guy on the team anymore. And I laughed at him and I said, "Yeah, even though Braden's listed at six foot, I think that might be <laughs> that might be with shoes on." So. Um, but yeah, no, in all seriousness, we're, we're excited to have Caleb on the team. Uh, it seems like he will be a great addition. We've already seen 
Billy Bunny's talking about him, so I don't know what uh, if you had some more insight on that, Lou. But uh, I thought the Billy Bunny's interaction was pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to me that uh, we're able to just. I, I guess I, I think Billy Bunny's is a is a loud talker of the bench squad, but just having guys that we uh, people want to hype up, uh, especially on that kind of gold squad leadership, I think is cool. Um, we've had some walk-ons, of course, like Nick Denardi, um, get some uh, even play-by-play action. So I just I think the progression now of even be, becoming a walk-on Loyola is gradually becoming a big thing, and I just I love um, seeing that. Even new additions to the team though are great because again, a lot of the gold squad guys, which I'm not saying he won't be, but you can you can really impact a team. And granted, not even just on Gold Squad, what we saw Valpo was it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, their uh, walk on was I don't he wasn't freshman here was he? He might have uh, been for him he, to, freshman like, or sophomore, he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he was at least what like up there for awards this past year. So mm-hmm. walk ons can make an impact, and I've also seen across the nation a lot of walk ons even get scholarship. Right, so it's absolutely possible. Um, but it, it's really great to see an addition on a matter of scholarship or walk-on, but great to kind of keep adding to the roster where we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. It's just cool to see our roster, I mean, kind of done. I guess they could probably add, like, a, another walk-on, but I don't know how that process yeah. works. It's, we usually, I feel like we usually have two, I think. Um, I feel, well, actually, I think it really is interesting, right? Because, like, when like it was Nick, Jake, and I think Dylan, like, there was – Dylan, right? Yeah. So, like, sometimes you try to do like maybe three to four. I think it also just depends on maybe what Drew wants. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Drew's looking for. Again, maybe, um, maybe sometimes the, uh, there's also sometimes uh, schools might have like a practice team mm-hmm. uh, where they'll get guys. I know the women's team had it. I had a buddy of mine, Lance. He was on the women's practice. He led like the women's team. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, granted, they were he, the, a lot of the guys on the practice squad there were from the Loyola club basketball team. So I don't know actually how Drew works. And I know Porter had a lot of gold, a lot of walk-ons. He had about three or four, which is a lot for like just to have, because then you have maybe one or two guys redshirting their gold squad, right? Like Clay was on gold squad. Um, you had even a here on gold squad, right? So we, we were like, we had a lot of transfers even sit on gold squad for a year, right? Tate. But now we don't have, I guess, in that situation, right? When you think about it, mm-hmm. like most of our transfers play immediately now. So we don't, immediately have them practice but we'll see again it's an it's an interesting thing but um i I, i'm happy to see drew again drew using his roots in michigan i think that was a cool thing to see is like drew really likes to go uh to a familiar area and i really think he's it's impacting him a lot which is great yeah one of the things you mentioned which this probably could have a whole podcast devoted to this topic but like is the transfers playing right away and i saw kevin sweeney was tweeting about this the other week or probably just a couple days ago where those roster spots from like 10 to 13 or 11 to 13 on your team used to be for like better mid-majors and high-majors really easy. You just have transfers that sit out a year or redshirt a freshman, and you get value out of those spots. Now it's not as much because there's 12, 13 guys that can play right away. So um, Yeah, that's that's a huge – yeah, it is because even – I was – again, I think you and I are very similar. We joke about what we do uh, while we just wait to think about Loyola basketball every day. But mm-hmm. I was just staring at a roster, and I was like, oh, we have another speaker that's eligible to play it next yeah. year. Like, we have a guy who sat out last year and now is eligible to play. And I'm like, well, we don't have – like, all of our transfers are immediately eligible, right? I, I believe even Philip, we've confirmed, or at least we've chatted a little bit, that even him transferring from yeah. D2 – he gets that first year of eligibility, like, wave the whole, like, you don't have to sit out a year. Yeah. So, like, I think it's cool in some circumstances, right? Like, I understand that, like, these guys deserve maybe to play right away and, like, what all they did was transfer schools. And in some cases, it's kind of a – pardon my French, but it's a shit situation if a coach leaves or, like, the coach gets fired and it's like, well, I got to transfer. So I get those. I just think it's kind of a weird um, kind of change that we have seen in the last three years. Yeah. Because, again, we've never had that. Now we're having this consistent, like – oh, you have 12 guys who can play right away. Um, so you're absolutely right. Yeah, instead of like maybe 10 or 11, you have – or even nine, you have a full 13 roughly scholarship players who will be eligible to play mm-hmm. every single game. Mm-hmm. So. For sure, yeah. It's just kind of part of the changing basketball landscape. So, so Yeah, you're absolutely right, though. I was like, I want to talk more. And, like, that's a whole other It can seriously be. Especially with, the, yeah, even the COVID, everything thrown into it. So, yeah. But I, I think – just a quick summary. It's like 
I personally think Drew even handled that well this past year, right? You had, what, four guys return? Mm-hmm. And then you have freshmen who had to, like, be like, oh, I have a year. I don't get an extra year, right? So explaining it even to freshmen might be even tough, but I think he worked it out well. And, again, we'll see different changes and things moving forward, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of things that uh, caught my attention uh, this past week, uh, Keith Clemens got a new gig. We had heard on the um, the uh, Bears, Blurs, and Belgium podcast with Kratt and Will that there was some news about Keith coming up. And we were both trying yeah, to like those, figure it out. <laughs> yeah, those guys, alum to death, but stop with the tease, man. Yeah. It just kept – I think you and I texted each other like four times yeah. about it. Yeah. It was like, wait, did they announce it yet? Did you hear it? Mm-hmm. Because like I uh, – but maybe that gets us to listen to them more. So, True. But yeah, absolutely. It was it was fun to listen in every week and be like, is there an update? Is there an update? Yeah. So. Yeah, so uh, Keith is going to be the GA, uh, the graduate assistant at University of Tennessee – which is great. I, I mean, honestly, that's that's a good gig, SEC team. Like, it's got to be a, a great starting point for him. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have a, all, all that much more to say. I don't know if you do, but just uh, happy for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I'm trying to think. It's it's weird because when you think about it, um, Keith didn't. Yeah, hold on. I just need to confirm. Yeah, Keith never played against Tennessee no. when we beat him. So it's kind of funny just to think that uh, maybe Barnes, and again, the head coach on there, Rick Barnes, just uh, appreciated it, a loyal guy. But it was great. I don't know. Maybe we'll see uh, the if there was a connection or if just Keith really applied because I forget. I think he's from Georgia. He is from Georgia. Correctly. Yep. Yeah, so I was just, like, very intrigued. I was like, oh, Tennessee, don't know. But, again, very excited to see him progress. Again, love seeing former Ramblers even – join the ranks and stuff like that so that was that's great to see absolutely it's it's, it's i kind of just love it to be like oh mm-hmm. now we can like when i will watch a tennessee game now and right. be like oh hey, do i see keith like i will enjoy that a lot so yeah yeah for sure it just doesn't it doesn't quite make up for how horrible their fans were on twitter during the uh oh 100 yeah, yeah i mean yeah. yeah nonetheless still happy for that. maybe maybe keith can teach him a lesson maybe that's, you know what that's that's what you hope maybe you have a little to intervention inject yourself with a little Loyola Rambler, and you could become a better fan. A little so culture. I think might yeah. Have been. yeah um, cool. Then did you want to take the, the third kind of item before we get into the player reviews? Yeah, absolutely. I think one thing uh, Buck and I have been chatting, like as we're in like this offseason mood a little bit, there is like a lot of recruiting. And Buck's coming out with a lot of great uh, content around um, kind of recruiting and everything and players, and we've chatted a lot. But one thing uh, him and I have caught ourselves is, like, we just love watching kind of these AAU tournaments, right? You got EYBL, you got the Under Armour. Uh, For those of you who don't know, like, AAU is what a lot of our recruits are playing in Mm -hmm. that when it's not high school ball, right? Um, A lot of programs that uh, you've heard us mention, right, are Illinois Wolves, right? Mac Irvin from Chicago, uh, Mean Streets from Chicago, uh, Mocan Elite out in, like, the Midwest, right? So, a lot again, a lot of Midwest programs. Um, But, again, it is great to see because – it's a little bit of a different – it's a way different uh, highlight tape than than a high school highlight tape, yeah. let's be honest, right? Because it's, it's a lot of these guys are the best of the best from, like, their high school or from their area, and they're playing now on an all-star team kind of thing, right? You're putting your travel team together, and that's what it is. Um, the pace is very different. A lot of just iso ball, but that, it's fun. But what I think I enjoy the most is watching guys who we know have offered or guys we're interested in and just watching them play and be like, oh, I think that fits into the system or kind of just in visualizing them uh, as a loyal rambler. And again, they most of these people who are watching, uh, for example, like Sam Ormy is a guy we've been watching a lot. Richard Barron, they are one year roughly away from like starting. So like a year from now, we will be seeing them look to be on campus. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, again, the, the 2020, usually a year out is kind of what we're really looking at. The 2023 guys, right? Because we're we're pretty much all done for 2022, right? So it's really exciting. I like it a lot. I don't know about you, Buck, but like loving some of the highlights. And even then, I think uh, that we have we learn about new recruits that we offer during these kind of tournaments. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, and then shout out to like the coaching staff. I think that's that's another thing. Yeah, I saw a few of them wearing some nice drip at these turn at these kind of tournaments. So great to see but yeah i think it's great and then buck you've been doing a great job with the article on the recruiting so i think overall just that's kind of what fuels the offseason a little bit is like what's next for loyal and it's kind of what the recruits got so yeah, yeah it, like one of the kind of interesting leads that we've kind of put together is 
Um, you know, we got Richard Barron, who we both really like, and then just recently, uh, Loyola offered Miles Rubin a scholarship, and they play together on Nike Mean Streets. So it's fun to like watch for both of those things, and then as soon as you hear about another guy or we're interested in someone, it's just someone new to like watch. Um, but uh, yeah, like you said, it's mostly those two guys, Richard Barron and Sam Orm, and now Miles Rubin have been kind of the easiest ones to watch because they're on Twitch, uh, the EYBL. Um, whereas, um, like, uh, Ty Pence Ty, yep. and uh, Brock Harding, they play for uh, MidPro. Uh, I forget the – it's MidPro something, but – Yeah, mid. I think it's just mid, I think it's Midwest. or something. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and they're in – what is – Under Armour, I think? No, so they're in uh, New York to L.A. Mm, okay, and that one's a little harder. There's obviously, like, tweets and stuff to, to read and, like, live or, uh, live tweeting, but – the EYBL is the easiest one to watch, and their schedule's online, so it's it's pretty easy. So, Yeah, and it's even crazy to me um, what the uh, Under Armour, the Illinois Wolves are in that, and it was hard to find stuff. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate, though, Twitter, man. I swear, a lot of these guys are smart. They post a highlight tape, and I'm like, boom, that's what I love to see. Or mm-hmm. There are a handful of even basketball high school recruiting accounts that are like, hey, look out for, like, I know uh, T, uh, Ty Pence and Brock Harding have a teammate, Owen Freeman, who's like, big big guy 610 so like a lot of his highlights are also being posted so mm-hmm. it's great just to be able to find these because it's like i'm i'm kind of glued to it it's like i really want to watch this like let me see and then you see highlights that are like oh that's that's a that's a highlight i'd love to see so yeah yeah so we've just been having fun doing that um over the past uh off season really past month i guess um so yeah that's just kind of that's kind of the the odds and ends of of what's been going on this past week but uh, let's uh, let's start talking about our players. Um, we started this a couple weeks ago. We've done this now the past two years. Um, just kind of going over, over player uh, season and reviews, giving them a grade, um, talking about their seasons, their, their ups and downs. So um, I figured maybe the, the first guy uh, that we can tackle here would be Ryan Schwieger. Um, mm-hmm. Ryan is, is, was coming in from uh, Princeton, I believe. Yeah, Princeton. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we kind of we kind of were hoping he'd be a good a good piece, right? Like, uh, average over ten points his junior year at Princeton two years ago. Um, did not play in the 2020-2021 season. Um, and uh, you know that's good numbers, but you know we we had talked about kind of offline the difference in in play between the Ivy League and and Missouri Valley Conference, and it would be a step up and all that kind of stuff. So. Um, I, I think uh, just kind of overall, I think he exceeded my expectations just in general. Um, he increased his three-point percentage. Um, he all you know, he had a similar amount of points. He went from 10.7 to 9.2. Um, similar amount of rebounds. Uh, his assist went down, but he wasn't asked to do that as a Rambler. Same amount of steals. Similar free throw percentage. Um, similar field goal percentage overall. But just did it at a higher, you know, uh, competitiveness level, um, competition level. So um, I I really enjoyed watching him. I thought he was fun. I mean, the first, like, half of the season, uh, he was just, like, excellent. I mean, I think probably his best game had to be the one against San Francisco uh, where he scored 24 points. And really that was his his season high. Um, He did have two other games where he scored 22 points. Um, and that was, that was for sure the, the best game for me. Like I, he just, uh, I think carried us. It was such a weird situation, not playing for nearly a month, uh, playing in this, you know, random gym in Utah. Like, um, I thought that he just played excellent. And then really, I think he, he played very, very good in our last five games of the season. Uh, that last game against Northern Iowa at, at Northern uh, all three games in Arch Madness. I actually thought he would maybe make all um, the the tournament team. That was I kind of was a little surprised he didn't. And then you know even in the even against Ohio State, I, I thought he played okay. He wasn't the reason why we didn't win. So um, yeah, I, I enjoyed watching Ryan play. Um, I would I was kind of interested to see if he might him and CK might get that extra year. Um, obviously it's not happening, but, um, definitely fond memories and, uh, Schweiger fever, always the sign girl having Schweiger fever. That was, that was, uh, some good stuff. So I'm going to give him an A minus. I really, I just enjoyed watching him play. 
Um, he was good what he was good at, and I thought he improved his defense t- kind of toward the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll give uh, Ryan an A-. minus. What about you, Lou? Yeah, I um... – it's it's weird, right? Because I think when I think of Ryan, I think of it in two phases, right? So, and I, I just that's just what kind of shocked me before he got to campus. When I saw it, I was like, I don't know what to expect, right? Um, I, I just expected a guy to help make an impact, um, kind of off the bench, right? Mm. And early on in the season, I was like, oh, this guy could this guy could start. Like I I could easily see him injecting himself into the starting lineup. And uh, it was great. And I think overall, just from that outlook, I think he did an exact impact to the team that I'm very, very happy with. Like, I, I think he added um, a tempo to the team and also fit very well. Um, used his – I don't know if he really used his height to what I wanted, but, like, a, definitely from a perimeter standpoint, he used his length to, like, kind of get off the shot. Um, so really just exciting um, what, to watch him kind of just – inject himself into the team and to the team to really find a role for him right um and of course it was really really obvious that it was going to be a lot from three a lot of his scoring was from three um and that makes sense and that's what kind of his game was but there were times where he wasn't afraid to find other ways to score Mm -hmm. um which is great um didn't maybe get like i expected him to try to get to the free throw line a lot more but overall, I think it was definitely an exciting uh, player to add to the roster for sure. Um, so loved every loved having him absolutely. I think there's a we'll talk about him and uh, kind of CK just because I think the biggest thing out of Ryan uh, that I'll say is that they committed to staying a loyal after even a coaching change. Right. Um, I think that's a little different uh, just because like transfers they only have one more year left, right? So, like, especially these guys, they had one or potentially two. But going into it, they only had one year. So, it was, like, that was kind of cool. So, yeah. Um, my biggest thing is I'll give them two grades. I will give them an A- minus from the beginning of the season. And then during the season, I just want a little bit more. So, I'll give them a B plus, But it's really just an A-. minus. I think um, there's so many uh, things that could be done. I wish he had another year. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Right, like I'm, I'm being bitter, and I'm not denying that. It's like there's so many things. I'm like, oh my god, if he just did this, if he just did that. But from what he gave us, I absolutely enjoyed it. There's no doubt in my mind that he helped us, especially like you said, tourney games. I'm very even his last four games before, before even at Northern Iowa, he dropped 17 points. Yeah. Um, but I'd say the tournament games. I'm really shocked he wasn't on the tournament team. Now, I get it. Guys are dropping maybe more points per game, and they're the stars. But I think a team who wins it all, that's where you kind of lean toward. Or at least that's what they led toward with the regular season. So you would think they'd do in the post kind of season of the conference. But, yeah, 11, 12, and 13 from him in those three games. Um, and playing mega minutes of 23, 26, and 24, like that's the Ryan I will remember is that like he really impacted this team positively. So I appreciated it. Yeah, me too. Like and like you said, him and CK will just kind of um, always be linked together for sure. Uh, and yeah. thought of positively because they stayed through that coaching change. That was a big deal. So, um, so yeah. I mean, I think we're pretty much on the same page there for Ryan. Uh, let's uh, let's do CK. Might as well, right? Do the other Ivy League guy. Um, yeah, if they if they're always grouped together, let's group them together. Yeah, yeah I think that makes sense. Uh, he's coming or he came from Dartmouth. Uh, his stats were a little different. He um, he did uh, score more for Dartmouth. He was kind of their lead guy, uh, their their bucket getter. Um, averaged over the, his last two years around fifteen points, both time both uh, his sophomore and junior year, um, and shot a very respectable like fifty percent and then fifty five percent his sophomore junior year. So um, you know over six rebounds both times. Um, but similarly, it was like we didn't know what we were getting from an Ivy League to a uh, Missouri Valley Conference player. So um, CK, it kind of was the opposite than Ryan, right? Where he kind of started off, um, I mean, his first two games were pretty good against Coppin State and, and Florida Gulf Coast. But we just never knew when he was going to get that opportunity because he was battling for minutes with Huddy and Tom Welch. Um, and, uh, you know, there were only so many big man minutes to go around. Um, but he had his fair share of, of excellent games, 
Um, namely, I think the the Bradley overtime game uh, at home, he had a double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Um, and then uh, another double-double at Drake, 15 and 10. Even though we lost that game, he was playing outstanding. And then I think the the one game that I, at least what I'll remember, is the, the at Valpo game uh, where we only won by two and he had 20 points and seven rebounds and four block shots. Um, he, in uh, the, the bucket with like less than a minute left to put us up and uh, eventually give us the win. So, um, yeah, I, I was happy to have him. Uh, I thought he was um, a unique player, right, being only 6'7", uh, but he definitely played bigger than that on the court. Um, he wasn't afraid to block a shot or, or take a charge. Or uh, I think as he got better into the year, played a tougher defense, and he was always seemed to be in the right place on offense. So, um, yeah, I think, again, A-, minus just because I, I wasn't expecting all that much. And then he went out and, and played uh, played great to where he we even thought at one point he might make uh, all Missouri Valley Conference, um, like third team or something. So, so yeah, Chris Knight, I'll give him an A-. minus. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, I, I think, first off, we got to say, uh, how about uh, just two smart guys, mm-hmm. all right? Dartmouth and Princeton, just I'm going to group them always together, I guess, right? Um, but the biggest thing I think is, yeah, that he, he kind of evolution, his evolved uh, kind of playing style into the middle of the season and kind of into then conference play, right? I think he was a big pack, like impact to our kind of success, of conference play, and then also when we didn't do so hot, like, or when games didn't look so great, it was kind of also, did he have a bad game? And yes, he did. So it was really interesting that I think having that presence down low was that impactful um, and really just came out to a scene that I, I again, I, I chalk it up to nearly a very similar uh, kind of type of play of Andre Jackson. Mm-hmm. Like, we used him as that stretch four kind of thing. Like, yes, definitely taller than Andre. But, again, I, I joke, and I had to say it here, and I wanted to say it. It was like, I remember open practice. Buck and I here were sitting, we're like, oh, he can he shoot a three? And, and he did make a three in front of mm-hmm. us. And we we're like, oh, he, he can make a three. And that is not at all. I, I think he attempted, and I'm looking at yeah, he attempted one three the entire season mm-hmm. um, and missed it, sadly. Um, but um, And it was at DePaul. What? That I think it was a, bo- no, I think it was a box score malfunction. I remember that. And I was like, I know he didn't shoot a three, but oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Cause funny, funny enough, he was perfect from <laughs> everywhere except for three that game. So, yeah. um, but yeah, like, like I was saying, they're perfect, right? Like he was very smart with his field goal selection or just right place, right time. Like I, it was such a mix of both, right? Cause he would bring the ball down, be smart with how he was getting to the hoop. Um, and then he would also just find himself in the right spot. Guards, I loved watching our guards drive and then drop. Drop the pass down into him, and he just he found a way to be there and collect himself and, and get the ball to the basket. So it was really great to see. I think it was just tough. Um, personally, um, the last four games, uh, conference and yeah. the Ohio State game, uh, I know you and I talked about it, especially on our drive back or even there. Like, and I've had, I had even people call me and be like, what the hell has gone on? And it's like, you know what? Like we, we had a team of at least a solid eight, nine guys that I think could easily score in the double figures uh, any night. And so, um, it really varied. And I just think those games are tough. I don't think I'll let that really affect my grade. I, I'm going to give them a, a B plus, uh, only for the fact of, I just wanted to see a little bit more rebounding, mm-hmm. but um, I think he, because of his efficiency, that ex, like he was so efficient. I don't think we've had an efficient guy since Andre Jackson. That's why there's such similarities. Like Andre, at one point in his career, was the top in the nation in field goal percentage, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's what I love seeing, and that's I think there's always I think CK. The last thing I'll say about him is that he sets a precedent, in my opinion, for finding a guy like that, regardless if it's a guy who doesn't drive and use the post or just an efficiency type of player, yeah. right? A player who is efficient in scoring. And they might not only get a few buckets, but they like you know you can get a bucket from them. There are some guys that like you know and again you brought up the Valpo game. That was an absolute game. Like I don't know I don't even think I think he might have said that like he wasn't sure his shot was going in the game the yeah, game winner technically that, it was, yeah. right? And I think he said I I just kind of put it up there and it's like sometimes the muscle memory I think just players who are efficient 
be, are just going to always be efficient. And even look at his career. He has always been efficient. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy thing. Um, it, yeah, 52, 49 one year, 55. And then with Loyola, he's 62% from field. Like, that's just great to see. And I think that's really, really a precedent. I think he set that. Andre set that. Finding a guy who can be a really efficient when on a team like Loyola, I think that's great. Um, absolutely. Um, and I, I loved having him every minute. I really did. Um, there were a few things, but from what he did, I really think he was helpful. And again, there were parts in the season where it was like, are we going to win this conference game? And I think without, sometimes without him, uh, we weren't going to win it. So, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of one last stat. I was, I was interested in the amount of blocks he had. He ended up with 32 blocks this past season. And that was, uh, Crutwig had 34 blocks twice, but other than that, like, uh, Chris Knight had more blocks than him his two other seasons. It was like his sophomore and senior years that Crut had 34. Uh, and then I'm kind of going back, but as of right now, nothing since 2013. Uh, or no other players that had more than him since 2013. So, I mean, in terms of, like, block shots, he actually he did have a lot. Um, and it was just yeah. kind of a, another part to his game I wasn't expecting. So, um, yeah, I think that'll kind of wrap the book on Chris Knight. Um, happy to have him. Obviously, he seems like just what an outstanding dude. Um, everything we know. I love the um, the the head tap that or no no that was how much the raising the roof. That's what they did for CK when he would score a bucket. They do the like two hands raising the roof, and I I don't know what I like. He must have done it one time, and they were like clowning him for it. But I I always got a chuckle out of that uh, when they did that for CK. So. Uh, yeah, CK, uh, thanks for, thanks for giving us your senior year, bringing us to the tournament and, uh, yeah, positive vibes. We'll always uh, think positively. So, um, the last two we have are Braden and Marquise. Uh, let's start with Marquise, I guess. Um, I'll, let me just pull his page up. Uh, Marquise, obviously, uh, his junior year is his third year at Loyola. Um, coming off, uh, six man of the year, his freshman year. Sophomore year, a little step back, but that was just because uh, there's more talent on the roster. Um, and uh, then this year, uh, he was poised to, to be a uh, you know very key contributor, second lead guard, um, that sort of thing. And um, I think uh, I think he had a, a mixed season, right? I don't think that would be unfair to say. Um, his uh, talent is op- is evident every time he takes the floor. He's always the most athletic player on the floor. Um, I mean, you know, 95% of the time. Um, he is. It's obvious that he is a ball handler attacking the hoop. Um, you know, uh, he, on a fast break, he's deadly. Um, and uh, I think this season we got to see, I would say, a little bit more of other parts of his game. I think we, we figured out that he is a, an excellent rebounder from the guard position. Um, we, we knew he was pretty good, but uh, he increased his rebounds per game to 4.2 this year, uh, which um, last year was 3.6. The year before that was 2.6. Um, he also increased his assists per game to over 2, which was uh, a career high for him. Um, and we know he's great on defense. We saw that time and time again, pestering guards, stealing the ball, getting some outstanding block shots. Um I think uh, overall, I, I he's just one of the most fun players to watch. Um, it was a real bummer when he had to take time off for his injury. Uh, I think it was either hamstring or quad or knee, something a leg-related injury. Um, but yeah, this year I think some of his best highlights. Um, I loved uh, watching him. I mean, I know he like didn't do all that much in the DePaul game, but I just remember like enjoying watching him because he's a Chicago kid. He did have five points and, and seven rebounds um, and three assists, so um, I, I just enjoyed watching him. I remember he had a three kind of early in the game uh, and was talking to, to the DePaul bench. Um, he had a couple uh, good games against um, Indiana State. Uh, one first game he had 16 points, the second game he had 15 points. Um, and then I would say, yeah, the, the Northern Iowa game in the – uh, Arch Madness semifinals is probably his most important game. He had 13 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals. Um, I'll never forget talking to my dad after the uh, Arch Madness championship. You know, my voice is just gone, and he's like, "Man, that that guard was was trying to give the game away." And I was like, "What are you? What the hell are you talking about?" 
And he's like, well, uh, Kennedy, he all the free throws. I'm like, look, this guy is a warrior. He hasn't been playing. His legs are tired, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. We won the game. Obviously, bummer that he missed free throws. But that's, like, the one thing I'm not worried about. He's an excellent free throw shooter, uh, and I think he'll bounce back and have over 80% uh, free throw percentage next year. So, um, yeah, mixed bag for sure, but I'm going to give him a B plus. I I just think he can do better. I think he would tell you he could do better, Um, you know, and a full season, uh, get get some time off and get back in the the lab, and uh, I think he's just going to be – uh, one of our, our best two players next year. So I, I'm excited for that. What do you got, Lou? Yeah, um, I, I tip my cap to Drew Valentine for the, the move he made with this, right? Um, I don't I don't know what the deal is with Keith. Um, if you've had injury this year, I don't know if it will ever come out or maybe we can interview Keith and actually get the, the, the correct answer. But the focus on putting Kennedy starting – was huge for me as just a fan and as a person who loves seeing Marquise Kennedy play. I think this was such a great move to see like, hey, you have Braid in there, you have Lucas there, but we want you to start as well. And I really do think this kind of, in my opinion, may should make Kennedy think about, okay, what is my gameplay? And early on, I loved it. It was always grabbing a crap ton of rebounds and being there and put a bucket up once in a while and even having a few assists. Um, and just being a lockdown defender even, right, early on. And then it kind of got sporadic. It got a little bit of, like, there wasn't a consistency in there, but he was there. And I think what he was trying to do was, was finding his role as a starter, right? Because, like, Braden, three-point guy. Like, there, there's no, there's no like, way of not thinking he isn't. Uh, Lucas, lockdown defender, and then all of a sudden Lucas evolved into this three-point snipe from transition, Right. Um, so Marquise Kennedy, I think you and I have seen him climb the ladder a few times with his, with his skills of just jumping to the rim. And I think he's got so many skills in like his box mm-hmm. that I think this year was just like, okay, which ones fit the right pieces, right? Which ones fit the right game. And the way I look at it is yes, he had such an interesting year. I think this is almost what it looks like when a guy who's kind of been on the bench the last two years decides is a starter and it's like well where do we go right i i love marquis kennedy i really love his gameplay i don't think he needs to shoot threes i really don't Mm -hmm. and i think that was evident this year um now again if he works in the gym and becomes as good as lucas i don't know what they do over the offseason but lucas definitely transitioned his three um so if he does whatever regiment lucas did then i'm totally fine with it right but there are so many other skills in his bag that i want to see and I think it's just a matter of honing in on a few of them, right? Like, he's really athletic. So it's like maybe honing in on driving and, and doing that, right? Or maybe uh, he's so fast, so maybe he drives and pops, right? Like, once he hits at the elbow, just, like, kind of makes some separation. So there's, like, so much there. And the biggest summary that I have is he's got two more years. Mm-hmm. Like, he's played three years, and he still has two more years left with us. And he's had now kind of – I'll call this half a season, right? Yeah, well, what he started twenty five games, so no, it's I like think that's nearly a full. Yeah, yeah, that's nearly yeah, it's nearly a full season. So it's a, it's not that it got away from him, um, but um, I think the the biggest thing is that there's so much more there. I think, and now that he has been a starter for this past season, and I expect him to be a starter again, and there's new guys we're going to be starting with him. Right, he has no longer. It's only him and. Excuse me. It's only him and well and Huddy, but Braden are the the key main returners, right? Mm-hmm. From starting lineup, and it's like okay, you guys can now find your offense that fits for you also as well. Because every time there's a new roster, there's a new adjustment to the starting lineup. I feel right. So there's a new adjustment to the gameplay, and I think that's what's gonna be the big thing for uh, Marquise Kennedy is that find what works for you and hone in on those three things. Because I, I give him I give him a B plus. And the only reason why I give him a B plus, really, is that no- he could have been a B. That Northern Iowa game, man. Oh, that that game will live in my head for a while. That that aggressive upkeep mm-hmm. of just keeping Northern Iowa was like, yeah. And then absolutely, what a shitty game to have in Drake, right? O for five from three. But again, why are you shooting O for? Why are you taking five <laughs> five threes? Yeah. I really don't know. But you you grab seven rebounds and four assists. 
Like, what? Imagine he took two of those shots from three and just drove with it. He could have had, like, nine points, seven rebounds, and four assists. I would have been totally happy with that game. You could have gone 0 for 6 from free throw, and I'd be like, you know what? Like, he did a lot of other stuff. And then he missed a whole month of the season. And he'll be able to play in Arch Madness. That's another added bonus in my league. I'm a huge Marquise Kennedy guy. I love he's a Chicago guy. I love having Chicago guys. Um, and I just think he's so athletic and got so many tricks that we're, we're just waiting for him to really hone in on them, and he'll just explode. Mm-hmm. He re- I, I really think he will. Like I, I think, we, like you said, we're both Marquise Kennedy guys, but I just think it's coming. Like, I really do. He's just going to – it might be for half a season. It might be for a tournament. It might be for the whole season next year. But there's going to be some time next year when we're like, wow, this is – this is the Marquise Kennedy we thought he could be. So, I mean, and yet, even if he's not that, he's still a darn good basketball player. And I'm excited to watch him play with Sheldon Edwards at, like, that backcourt when, when Braden needs a breather. I just I think that's going to be so much fun um, and really different than any backcourt we've ever had in the past, like, I don't know, six, seven years. So I'm excited for that. But, uh. Yeah, Marquise, uh, great year. Looking forward to the next year. I mean, he's going to be one of the leaders next year. He'll be a senior. So, you know, that comes with some added, uh, I don't know, like uh, uh, responsibility, right? So uh, we're looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I, I would kind of actually look to maybe see a um, kind of a captain. I, I yeah. easily could see that, especially being a senior. Um, but, yeah, no, that would be very intriguing to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, last guy we're going to talk about on this episode is Braden Norris. Um, as we all know, uh, transferred in from Oakland a couple, few years back, I guess now, and then uh, set out yeah, of here. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like so long ago and also not that long ago. Three um, years ago, he transferred. That's kind of nuts. Yeah. But it is, yeah. So transferred in, set out a year. Uh, his second year uh, was the, you know two years ago when we went to the Sweet 16. Um, and just was a, a key piece, right? Like uh, a, kind of a surprise, I think, that he, he ended up playing so well. And it, at the end of that year, like Coach Moser couldn't take him off the court because he was so essential to like everything we were doing. Um, and uh, yeah, he's just been ever since then uh, just just really key and clutch to what we do. And, and this year, I think he took another significant step forward. Um, even with the added responsibility, the added... Uh, you know, having the ball in his hands more often. Um, he maintained his efficiency. Uh, he increased his points per game, his assists per game, still rebounded the ball, still shot his free throws really well. Um, a couple or, you know, a fraction of more steals per game, um, played more minutes. But yeah, I mean, still shot 44% from the field, which is pretty much the same as he did his first year at Loyola. He shot 43% from three, which is an increase of 2%. His free throw was nearly identical, half a percent more. Um, and, yeah, like I said, those other numbers. So it, it just, you know, I like it, he surprised me again. And I even remember, I mean, we can we can really dig into our archives and talk about this. But when he transferred to Loyola, you were not excited about it. And No, not at all. Yeah, all. and I, you know, I was, I think, kind of excited. I just saw his three-point shooting ability, and his point guard ability. And I thought, okay, that's that's a useful piece. Let's see if he can do it in the Missouri Valley Conference. And I think each of these two years, I think he's just impressed more and more. Um, you know, I, I don't know what more he can do next year. Um, I think if he just replicates this year, uh, I would be extremely happy with that, just with all the new pieces we have, the new, the new conference, all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to just give him an A. I mean, he was second team all Missouri Valley Conference, um, uh, you know, continued to just impress in, in a bunch of different ways. He's a great leader. I'm really looking forward to see him work with uh, a great pick and roller and a pick and pop guy in uh, Bryce Golden. I think that pairing is going to be really effective um, because Golden is a threat both ways. And I think that's going to be uh, something that Braden will really enjoy having uh, in his arsenal. So I'm I'm just giving him a straight up A. Um, it's so much. It, it has become so much fun to watch Braden play. Like his energy on the court. I he I say this time and time again. He is like the one guy. I mean, obviously I wouldn't fight any of the guys on the team because I'm not an athlete. But uh, he is like top of my list of guys I would not want to fight because of that look in his eye. So 
Um, yeah, uh, Braden, I give him an A. Uh, Lou, Lou, what do you got? Yeah, uh, Braden Norris, and it, it is kind of crazy. I kind of forgot he sat out a year. Yeah. I, I think I just um, – and it's weird now to say guys sat out a year, I guess, right, because we'll n- probably never see that again for quite some time. But, um, no, yeah, um, he has evolved into the guy who doesn't get off the court and doesn't give up scoring. Um, it, it is really interesting. I think – I don't know if it was Porter, again – that's maybe what Porter was looking into last year with his first year at Loyola. And then is now this year, it's like three-point shooting has become a goal in each game, right? Like that is a must to have a, a three-point kind of shooting presence from everyone. And Braden leads that charge. Like there's no doubt in my mind last year and even this year that it's like, oh, yeah, we want a three-pointer. Braden is most likely the guy who's going to shoot it. There's, there, there's no one who – like there are other people, but they're Braden's the number one guy. And, and that's, that's just the crazy thing that has evolved is like, I did not expect the tempo and where we were going. Right. We were playing ball of like guys driving and just dipping it into Crutwig. And it was like, are we going to be able to spread out? And Porter adjusted his whole kind of schema and was like, let's find these guys to shoot. Um, and Braden finds a way there. There's what, again, there's countless games, (laughs) But uh, what is it? The Valpo game, right? Am I wrong? Is it the Valpo overtime game? Mm-hmm. Yes, that yes, it's, at home. Yep. He scored like all his points in overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that game will be a memory. Forty-three minutes played, twenty-three points, um, and he casually just got four assists. Like he just tried, and that's great. And it was six of six from free throw, right? So <laughs> he's a guy that um, I think will never try to just give up. Um, scoring, and I think it, it's it's a miraculous thing that he does, right? Um, from his tournaments plays um, to his conference Arch Madness, right? It, it is absolutely amazing, right? Um, it's kind of crazy to think, right? His only his two seasons with Loyola so far have been back to back tournaments. Yeah, like he he has had just consistently now of he's been anytime he's worn a Loyola jersey, he just goes then and say a tournament. So I'm fine if we want to keep that up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, totally happy with that. Um, but I think the biggest thing with Braden, like he's automatically getting an A, like he's easily getting an A. Without him this year, team, I think the team would have been absolutely different. Um, what I think he just needs is he needs to find like space and breath. Meaning he can't be holding the ball every minute, mm-hmm. like every second. I would love to see him be the guy who doesn't carry the ball up and he dra- looks around and finds an open shot. Right? Like I would love to see that because that's the thing. It's like. We can't just have him – and there were games, right? There were games where it was, like, tough to see because it's, like, he tried to do a lot, and it was, like, we need to get – we need to try something different. We need to move it move it along, right? Try, let's move it, right? Um, and it might be a little different with the new conference that, like, I, we don't know yet. And I think the beginning of the next season we'll, we'll try to understand – sorry, beginning of next season's conference play, we'll try to understand, like, the teams we play and everything like that. But – Really, I think Braden can easily can lead this team. But what I think is this team also needs to give Braden other things than just, like, leaving him wide open at the top of the key, right? Because guys will just do that, and that's crazy. I don't know why anyone can leave him open at the top of the key because that's just idiotic, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that, right? But he has shown nothing but pure scoring ability, pure aggression. I love – and I'm just going to state it here. Love his little flops. They haven't been called flops <laughs> that many. But I think there might have been one this year, and I have to go back and check. But there might have been none, right? But he is a great. He is from start of the clock to the last last buzzer. He is um, he's going. He's an engine, and I think I enjoy every single moment of that. Um, and yeah, from the beginning, if you wanted to call me out, and you called me out, and I respect it. Um, in the beginning, I was more worried about him just taking minutes away from guys we already had, right? Because we we had no like consistency of a young point guard, right? And it was Marquise Kennedy's time, I thought, and that was the thing. And maybe Marquise Kennedy will have his time next year because he began to have it this year. But he began to have it with Braden Norris, and I think having those two can be really beneficial to each other. I think their game plays are a little bit different, where they're not going to be like in each other's shadow or anything. I think they're just going to be each other's like kind of bounce off guy mm-hmm. right like Braden could be like you're carrying out the ball I'm gonna run around and get an open spot and then Marquise Kennedy would be like okay hey I'm gonna come off this pick and drive you feed me the ball and I'm gonna drive to the rim because like 
Braden's looking for guys, right? How many times did Braden try to lob it over, right? Or and Marquise Kennedy trying to drive. So, like, they really go well together, and I think those two will just lead a team next year that's very, very exciting to see. Uh, so, yeah, Braden's an A. Um, there's no way this season is not uh, impacted by his play. Um, it's absolutely great um, and exciting to see that we got – two more years of it right if we look at the mm-hmm. numbers technically mm-hmm. yeah we have two more years so him and marquise kennedy I, I think we're going to be grouping them like we did with ryan and ck we'll be grouping them together for the next two years hopefully and saying these two guys can make a difference with theirs your years left at Loyola. yeah and i kind of left out his highlights of the season so just kind of quickly like the the best oh, games yeah. opening night 13 points nine rebounds three assists almost got that double double next game almost got another double double nine points eight assists um, go on. He had an 18 and nine uh, assist against Vanderbilt. Uh, that that game you were talking about uh, against Valpo, 23 points. Um, and then uh, Northern Iowa, uh, the end of the last game of the season, he had 13 points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists. Nearly a triple double. Uh, so close. Uh, and then Northern oh. Iowa, that 19 point game, that was oh, beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Oh. And even against Ohio State, he was kind of our our shining one star. 14 points, uh, hit four threes. So um, yeah, those are kind of the highlights for Braden. It's yeah, like you said, just uh, two more years. I I, I love um, I love watching him play. So so yeah. Yeah, I think I think the one thing actually, just the Ohio State game is that I think. The thing that I'm going to be excited for is if we give him space and give him, like, he won't have to kind of be the desperation shot mm-hmm. because it's like I think we a little bit force him, and that's unfair, is that we're like, oh, Brayden, just shoot the shot because we know you can shoot. And it's like, no, like, we need to find a way, and I do think we're, we're changing our way of, like, when we have Brayden out there that we will find him. And there's so much exciting. Brayden could nearly be a whole episode. The future of what could be the next two years is crazy. So, mm-hmm. but just overall an A and Buck, I did I might have blacked out because I'm just talking about. It. But did you give him a score? Yeah, I gave him an A as well. Yeah, yeah, I figured. A's. I was like, wait, I, we didn't argue about it, so I figured we would give him the same. Yeah. So yeah, I, absolutely excited. It's crazy to think, and it, it's two more years, right? So yeah, like, that's another crazy thing to think. So yeah, just uh, if he just goes out and does what he did this year, next year, I think we'd, uh, I think we'd both be pretty, pretty pumped about that. So. Um, absolutely yeah so i think i think that's gonna do it uh we uh will be back next week we are gonna do some more grades for sure i think we'll probably wrap up that part of our uh off season uh with our grading the players um and then the other update uh the next installment of the prospect list the may edition is going to be not this wednesday but next wednesday so nine days from now keep on a lookout for that that's going to in- include all the buck scores and uh, two more players, uh, Brock Harding and Miles Rubin. Uh, and who knows, maybe there'll be a- another new player if, if Loyola-, Loyola decides to offer. Um, and uh, yeah, there- there'll just be some updates on that for everyone. So just you know, kind of check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be reporting if anything else pops up before then. So thank you all for listening. And don't forget, always remember, go Blurs.